Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Littler staying on the 18s. Double seven. Oh, a shot. It's a third time plus finish for the new. That could be the one. That could be the one that breaks the number one's heart. Look at his face. Look at his face. That was just spiteful. That was dirty. That was nasty. That was everything that Luke Littler wanted to do. And now he's throwing for a 5 2 lead. Welcome to Free State, everybody. Um, myself and Joe are here. I have been handed I have been handed the power today to record, which I felt quite confident about. But you know, once Joe starts questioning where the, the you know the the links I sent, you know, the various things I've done, uh, I feel that at any stage um, I could be sort of rocking back and forth in the corner, going. Where where is this audio gone? But anyway, Joe, it's good to see you. It's a beautiful recording on Sunday afternoon, and it's really gorgeous weather. It's a beautiful day, uh, and it's 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 it one is. of those days that makes you feel hopeful. Yeah, something uh, something caught me eh, yesterday. A, a friend of mine who listened to the the uh, Roddy Collins and Paul Howard episode. Mm. And Roddy talking about, you know, how he's living in Castle Knockna and it's far too posh for his liking. But this is a post that a friend of mine sent me. He's in the Castle Knock community, um, which is a sort of a collective on his Facebook communities. Hi, everyone. <laughs> this is for Roddy. I hope this post finds you well. I am in search of a highly experienced and knowledgeable sommelier to add a special <laughs> touch to my upcoming dinner party in Castleknock. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the woman throwing the golf ball at Ronnie. The event will feature a diverse selection of fine wines, and I require someone with deep, a deep understanding of wine pairing and a flair for engaging guests in the tasting experience. <laughs> If you know someone who fits this description, or if you are a sommelier yourself, <laughs> so they're, they're what their sommelier is in the group, please do reach out to me with your credentials. And, and, and this is my favourite bit. And any references you might have. 
we will need you not only to enhance our dining experience, but also provide an educational element to our evening. Thank you in advance for your recommendations and assistance. Looking forward to an evening of... <laughs> it's hard to believe. This is the Ireland, the men of 1960 well, died for. Looking forward to an evening of exquisite wines and fine company. Well, that's what it is. Exactly what we want Ireland to become. A place where sommeliers are... Uh, bouncing around various different Facebook groups looking for uh, you know looking to 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 uh, serve wine diverse diverse wine diverse range of wines um uh, it's like that uh film sideways Did you ever see that film really magnificent film I did uh, see it too um it's one of the it's one of the few films I watch where I'm like I can definitely fall back into a total you know uh uh, euphoric recall, thinking this is this is this is how this is how my drinking could have been if I just uh, just tweaked it a little bit, you know. And then by by the end, there is so much destruction. There's so much destruction. I tweaked tweaked it a, tweaked good, it a good bit. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just a fantasy. Um, you've been enjoying. We've all been enjoying uh, Luke Littler. Um, uh, and. I have to say, <laughs> I have to say, like, you know, I love Luke Littler. I love everything he's done. I I, I don't get uh, incredibly excited at, at what he's going to do for the game of darts. Like, I'm not, like, maybe I'm just, a, uh, maybe I'm just a traditionalist. Maybe I'm kind of happy with the way darts, darts roll in our, in our lives as it is. I don't, I don't feel any need for darts to evolve into some other game because, one of the one of the brilliant things about Luke Littler is that, of course, he doesn't look like, like you know, the guy he played in the final Humphreys looked more like a kind of what you might want if you're going to change the face of darts. Luke Littler looks exactly like you'd want every darts player throughout history to look. Yeah, it br- he he brings us back to our childhood, you know, jockey to his roughness, jockey you require one hundred and fifty-seven. And when the darts were in the BBC and everyone was enthralled by the crafty Cockney and uh, Lowe and people like that. But, I mean, Luke um, looks sort of every inch as though he was created in a lab by some mad scientist, you know, using the DNA from Chucky Wilson and like a buxom barmaid, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's <laughs> no wonder the newspapers are searching for his birth certificate. I mean, I said, like he's he's uh, he's the only person in history born with a beer belly, a mum tattoo, and three kids. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, it and it's it's sort of it's the it's 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 how natural it all has been for him, you know. And uh, I mean, I I genuinely couldn't believe it. Somebody said he was sixteen. I said, Come on, that can't be right. I mean, he he he. he because I mean, a sixteen-year-old normally looks like a sixteen-year-old, you know. And uh, I mean, th- th- this book would have no trouble getting into a nightclub, you know, or buying <laughs> buying a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he has no need to be asking his older brother for the driving license. He looks. Uh, a friend of mine said he looks more like the doorman checking the IDs. Well, he has, but it has, you know. But it's the beer belly that kills yeah. me. I mean, that that the, he, he just looks. Every inch, like one of the great darts players from the eighties. Well, I don't know if you saw that clip that was going around of uh, the, the great, what was described as the great act of sportsmanship, uh, 
um, between Jockey Wilson and, and Cliff Lazarenko during a darts match um, when when Jockey takes a, takes a cigarette out of his, his breast pocket and he needs a light and he leans over and Cl- Cliff Lazarenko, his opponent, lights his fag for him, which is, uh, again, like... <laughs> that that is that is the dark that is darts as 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 we remember and that's what i mean like it doesn't seem like uh like i i like you know i was reading the articles about how you know this is going to launch darts into a new era and like and the you know, sky got their biggest ever viewing figures for on sky sports for a non football event for the final um but at the same time I think darts occupies a sort of certain place in all our lives where you kind of think, well, that's okay where it is. We don't need, you know, they're talking about kids going to academies now and, you know, there's nine and 10 year olds uh, who desperate to be dark darts players on the back of, of Luke Littler. Like I do, is that, is that, is that what we, what we really want? Are we just happy with Luke Littler arriving and we don't need to kind of, you know, he can pull up the, he can pull up the, uh, he can pull up the the drawbridge behind him. Like it's it's okay. I don't think anybody really cares what we want, or what or what you want. I mean, the 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 kid the kids from Warrington, and I mean, darts is a very working class, you know, pursuit. And I did notice that uh, some of the footage during the final was coming from the Northern Darts Academy, mm. where. The match was on in big screens, but the young darts players were continuing to throw darts, you know, while 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 the game was on. And I mean, the the, the thing about the thing about Littler that's different. I mean, obviously the way he looks, how natural he is, how unself conscious he is, and I think there's something about the very great sports people. You know, they don't understand the fuss, and you know, I, I I compared him recently to David Clifford or Maradona or even the baby Jesus. Okay. <laughs> you, you know, who was, you know, turning so water into wine, you know. Yeah, big deal. Yawn, move on. You know, you're hungry. Oh, no, okay, look, bring me up those couple of loaves and two fishes and I'll feed 5,000 people. You know, this kid scored his first 180, his father said, when he was six years old. Yeah. You know, and like Maradona or Clifford, I think the comparison for younger listeners with with Clifford is very apt because he just has that sort of what's the big deal aura. Yeah. That that is fascinating for us to see, but must be deeply unsettling for his opponents. You know, this it's it's as though they're not there. I mean, even the final, you know, which he, which he, he appeared to sort of lose his concentration for a wee while, which you know was unsurprising for a sixteen year old. But uh, he uh, he's got that demeanor of the very great ones, and and is all the more fascinating for it because you're. You, you, I mean, I, I think a good way of looking at it is you look at. You know the the career path of his of his opponent in the final, the world number one. You know, like uh, you know, he uh, has sort of had years of you know he's angst ridden. 
you know, um, he's had years of depression, weight gain, weight loss, you know, and I didn't realize this. He suffered from terrible stage fright for several years, you know, and it got to the stage where he could hardly throw a dart in front of a crowd, you know, years of therapy. And then there he is, you know, he plays wonderfully to become the world champion. You know. But Littler's not like that. He just he just is. He just turns up, you know, PlayStation, telly, half an hour practice a day. Boring. His friends, a bit of a laugh, you know, and then he turns up at the World Darts to win two hundred grand and come within probably one dart, one double of winning it all together. They would have put him five two up. And it I don't know if you've seen this um five year old chess sensation. No. Nicknamed his nickname's Tweedledum. And he's setting the chess world alight. But um, you know, there's a video doing the rounds of him over over Christmas, playing in a tournament against, you know, a seasoned chess master from China, right? You know, the opponent's about fifty, fifty-two years old, and he's playing this five-year-old kid, and the child, <laughs> the child is <laughs> just reminds me of Littler. The child, you know, sucking on a piece of lace, and he's yawning. He's yawning, <laughs> he's like a wee baby chimpanzee, you know, he's looking all around him and he's fidgeting and he's, he rarely looks at his opponent, you know. All the while, his 50-year-old opponent is agonising <laughs> over the next move. And you can see the two clocks, so each one of them, uh, you've got a 10-minute clock. So you have 10 minutes to make your move. So... The the older man, the chess master, he's like watch studying the board intently, you know, it's got like seven minutes, seven and a half, you know, six, five, and then he makes his move. And the second that he makes his move, <laughs> the child immediately wakes up, makes his move within a few seconds and then goes back to, you know, sucking on the piece of lace that's around he's got this wee piece of lace that he has around his neck. And, you know, after a dozen moves the the older man stares at the board, agonising for an eternity before before conceding. It's <laughs> <laughs> like baby, you know, shakes hands, gets up and wanders back to his parents, yeah. and you know that's that that quality that Littler has. This fact that he's totally unself conscious. Yeah, you know, while sort of. You know, he played a succession of previous world champions on his way to the final. You know, while they're agonizing over every dart, every miss, he just plays. Yeah. You know, doesn't. I mean, at one stage, at one stage, he just, for the fun of it, took out uh, two two treble 20s and the double seven. You know, what what an amazing way to hit 114. You know, and I don't know if you saw the match. I think it was the semi-final where he, he needed 170 and he hit the two treble 20s. But he was so far ahead, he could afford to play strategically. Mm. You know, his opponent couldn't couldn't finish anyway. And when he scored the two treble 20s, he turned to the audience and asked them, well, should I? Yeah. And they said, oh, go on. <laughs> go for the bullseye. And uh, there's that delightful unselfconsciousness, which, of course, is... Like David Clifford, it's coupled with his his sure and certain knowledge that he is special and can do things that no one else can do, you know. And uh, and I think that's why that's why 
you know, people have risen to him. Sure, it's your, you've got that sort of Doogie Hauser thing, the fact that he's only 16. But, you know, it's that, it's that sense of watching something that's extraordinary and fascinating, you know, which stems from his personality. You know, I mean, there's no time. I mean, after he was beaten in the final, which I thought was extraordinary and very Clifford-like, you know, he had missed the double to go 5-2, which would almost certainly have won it for him. He just, I don't know if you remember, he just screwed up his nose for a second, grinned, and then enjoyed the crowd chanting his yeah. name and chanting that, the, 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 the chant that they have for him. And that, um, he, he put me in mind of, you know, the way he played throughout the tournament, just enjoying it and really psychologically upsetting his opponents. <laughs> Imagine, like... Because I was thinking of, like, you know, these great players like Raymond Van Barneveld, five-time world champion, Rob Cross, you know, thinking in the back of their mind, this fucker's only 16. They would fucking beat him. What the fuck of almighty is this? Like, you know, what's next? The 14-year-old? And uh, his demeanour put me in mind of, do you remember the guy, Carpenter, who was... The, he was one of the early contestants on America's Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? No. His name is John Carpenter anyway, and he cruised through, he's like, he cruised through all questions without using a lifeline until he came to the million dollar question. Mm. Right? And the question was, which US president appeared on the television series laughing? And you know the way the, the final question's always tremendously tricky yeah. and designed to... A, Linton Johnson, B, Richard Nixon, C, Jimmy Carter, D, Gerald Ford. And Carpenter said to the host, he said, okay, he said, I'd like to use my lifeline to call my father right now. And, the, you know, you could feel the the mood in the audience changing because he'd been galloping towards the million, you know. And so they rang, you know, ring, 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 ring. Hi, this is, you know, so, you know. The next voice you're here is going to be your son's, you know. Um, I don't want to sort of alarm you, but he's on the million-dollar question, you know. And Carpenter said, Hi, Dad, I don't really need your help. I just wanted to let you know I'm about to win a million dollars. the audience explodes, yeah. you know, and they, they, there's great laughter. And, you know, he's like, oh, my God, he's taking such a chance here. You know, he's saying... And he said, just stay on the line there, Dad. <laughs> and gave the right answer, which was Richard Nixon. And uh, with that, he became the first ever million-dollar winner. But by Luke Littler's standards, he was ancient. He was 32 well, years go. old. He was over the hill. I do think there's something, you know. like there is something about that talent when it emerges like that. And it's not it's not the, you know, the 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 the, the line that's become a cliche about promise you know those who uh, the gods wish to destroy they first call promising like these aren't like little isn't one of these people who people say have great potential he arrives kind of fully formed like clifford he reminds me an awful lot of um of wayne rooney uh and you know rooney said in an interview that when you know when he went into the everton squad when he was 16 uh you know and he was an everton fan and he'd grown up and these are all his heroes like Duncan Ferguson, Alan Stubbs. And he said, I, you know, I was training with them every day and playing with them. And quickly, I remember thinking, these are crap, <laughs> you know? And uh, he, 
And you know, they <laughs> and and I remember watching. I remember nice. being at the twenty two thousand and four European Championships in Portugal, and Rooney was eighteen, um, and he 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 just lit up the tournament, and it was the same sense as as Littler, where you know anything seemed possible. He doesn't seem he didn't seem to be constrained by any fear or any sense of there are certain things I must do whilst playing in a, in a, in a tournament with all the greatest players in Europe uh I must you know I must conform to certain things he was just free and he and he never and the thing the strange thing is he never played with that freedom again like this and this is the thing like this is this is a moment like maybe Littler will go on and win the 20 world championships that everyone says or maybe he won't but it doesn't really matter right now you're just watching somebody totally embodied with a sense of freedom and the sense that I anything is possible, and because they're young, they don't know all the things that aren't possible. Yeah, I mean, you, you're absolutely right. You know, once you start to become self-conscious, that's when the real test. That's when the real test begins. But having said that, you know, this kid has won his junior world championships. You know, he, he's he's. Uh, I mean. And Rooney, the comparison with Rooney's a good one because Rooney, like Maradona, was a man of the people. Yeah. You know, Rooney's just an ordinary lad. He looks like an ordinary lad again. When Rooney was eighteen, he looked yeah. thirty. You know, he was. You know, he was doing all the things that normal people do. He was visiting prostitutes. <laughs> you know, he was. You know, it's nor- normal, <laughs> normal, normal stuff. <laughs> let he, let he, who has not had sex with a seventy-year-old prostitute, cast the first stone. Exactly. And uh, and uh, I think watching the Littler thing, I mean, one of the things that the, the Glamorous Brunette showed me on Christmas morning was uh, uh, pictures that Mrs. Littler had posted of her son, just reminding you that he's just a child, really engrossed in unwrapping his presents under the tree on Christmas morning, you know. And this at that stage, I think he was he was a, he was he was into the last sixteen. And about to devastate, you know, two or three great players, and there he is, you know, happily unwrapping his his his, his Christmas presents, which emphasises the point you're making, you know, that, you know, you've got you've got a kid here. Having said that, most sixteen-year-old kids would have completely frozen, even if they were very talented, in that in that arena. Whereas he is, I mean, if you. If you had a Meccano set called Darts Player and you assembled it, it would be Luke Littler. Mm. You know, he looks truly born to this. And uh, I mean, I know his diet has already passed into legend, like chips and omelette for breakfast. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the photograph that he posted on the morning of the of the final of the chips and omelette. Like it was the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god. <laughs> and, <laughs> And then a pizza for lunch, and then kebab and chips for your post-match meal, you know. Which, uh, I must tell you this this one. Whenever I first arrived in Trinity College, I applied for the halls of residence out in Dartry Road in Rathmines. Mm-hmm. And what you had to do is, you know, you had to fill in this form. And, you know, you had to share. There was no, you know, single room or anything like that. So you had to share. And you had to tick smoker or non-smoker. So I, I ticked smoker on the basis that, you know, it, it was likely the person would be would drink and generally be more interesting than a pioneer. Mm. 
you know, the like yourself. So, so. <laughs> not a pioneer, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, well. It's a big difference. Even though, so even though I had never smoked and I can't smoke, you know, I thought, no, I was training basically and sleeping, you know, I was playing hurling and football for club, county and Trinity, both codes. And my roommate turned out to be, you know, a very eminent uh, senior counsel who was not training and sleeping. <laughs> so, you know, the way you start off in college and you have freshers week and it, it it's all very boozy and all of that. So he very quickly got into the habit of drinking till the early hours. And then on his way back out from the city, because in those days, a pint cost a punt, which would be about sort of, a euro, a euro ten now, a euro ten cent. So that's what a pint cost. So everybody drank in the pubs then, and you know, living living was very cheap. So he would he would then on his way home he would stagger into this kebab shop in Rathmines, and then he would arrive in at all hours and light his light a cigarette before bed. And he also he used to put the cigarettes out on the he used to just flick the cigarette on the floor, and eventually. Over time, this mountain of cigarette butts built up. You know, it was like a like an anthill. Mm. And people used to come in and look at this. He, you'd put because you know you had to clean the room yourself. Nobody cleaned it, so he would he would put the cigarette butt on top of another cigarette butt, and eventually it turned into a pile of ash. It was a quite amazing thing. People used to actually come and look at it. So, meanwhile, I was leading a very abstemious life. So maybe one night he arrived in after a few weeks and he shook me and he says, here, you'll never believe what just happened. And I said, he was very indignant, you see. I says, oh, go on, do tell. He had gone into the kebab shop, you see, and the owner was a big sort of Turkish guy, big curly hair, dark, you know, guy maybe in his 50s. And he says to, he said to him, uh, what do you you come in here tonight? You come in here. You come in there last night. He said you cut. What do, you come in here every night? He said you you're drunk. He says well. Well, what do you do? And he says oh, <laughs> sorry, you know, oh, I'm a student. You know, a student. You're a student. How you pay for this? He says oh, you know, we got uh, my, uh, there's a grant, and then my parents. Man, he goes your parents. Your parents know you come in here every night. You're drunk. You eat the shit every night. He said. He goes oh, oh no. <laughs> what do you say? Oh no no. Your parents, they feed you beer and kebab at home? That's what you eat at home every night, beer and kebab? He says, no, no, no. He says, no, no, no. He says, I, I say they not feed you that. Neither me. Me neither. He goes, out, you bad. You bad. You'll never come back. And he took him by the scruff of the neck. And <laughs> he took him by the scruff of the neck and pushed him out the door. And to my knowledge, he is the only person in history that was barred from a kebab shop. <laughs> Because it because it was too unhealthy, and uh, and uh, but I mean to deprive to deprive young Luke of his kebabs would be that would be cruel. Well, there was a tweet along those lines when there was a Littler was on Sky Sports News, I think, and they asked him uh, how he liked his kebab. Did he want? Did he have garlic sauce? What did he do? And I uh, saw so, so, somebody did tweet. Uh, in no other sport would the next big prospect get asked this, and so true. No, no, no other sport would have you know the even if it was Wayne Rooney. I know there's that famous picture of Rooney with the giant uh, lollipop walking along, but nobody would be asked 
uh, the, the next great athlete, you know, what do you, what's your favorite kebab order? Like, how do you like it? Do you, do you have every, you know, do you like the garlic sauce? You know, it did actually, you know, did, I wonder how many, like, you know, Sky got a big boost in viewing figures. I wonder how kebab sales actually went during, uh, during the, during the darts. Cause like, I'd say a lot of people suddenly started thinking I wouldn't mind a kebab. Well, the only thing is this, you know, you look at the child's physique at 16 years mm. of age and you do worry, you know, about a cardiac arrest. And you say, like, Jesus, I hope he makes it. <laughs> I hope he makes it through to the next round. I mean, chips and omelette, chips and kebab, <laughs> chips and pizza, Coca-Cola, a vape. Odyssey, he's got a, he's got a, 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 a much older girlfriend and all too. I mean, see, the thing, if he, if he was 30 years of age, right? Mm. He's not particularly interesting. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, he's only, he's only a child. It's not that he's got like a fascinating personality or anything like that. What's fascinating is the fact that he's like the five-year-old sort of chest sensation. He's doing this. He's performing at this level as a 16-year-old so naturally without any, you know, and, and, and that's, where, that's where the great fascination is. You know, it's a it's it, it's 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 a combination of things around this extraordinary ability and his unshakability. I mean, whenever whenever he was asked by a reporter backstage after the final, you know, how disappointed are you at this moment, Luke? You know what he said? No. He said, "Give me give me a break. I'm only 16." <laughs> <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> As I said, before going back to his hotel room, where his, where his mom made him a nice hot chocolate and tucked him into well, bed. The, the, that was the, that yeah. was what was fascinating about him was that sense that you know you do see 
young players come along, people with potential, and you see as they get to that stage that suddenly there is a little bit of awe and a little bit of innocence and a little bit of wonder and rawness. Whereas with him, there was a complete absence of vulnerability. There was a complete absence of anything that suggested that he had any moment of, except for that one that one shot when he hesitated on the double. Um, that was the only moment where he actually seemed to ha- you know have any hesitation or having to even just having to check what he needed, and that was the only mo- moment in the entire tournament where he seemed to be vulnerable or acting. Uh, as you would expect, a kind of a product, you know, a young, you know, potential, you know, player with potential right. to act, and the rest of the time, I, I wondered. Uh, yeah, I wondered about you know the concentration span required for the final. You know, where you've it's a much lo- much longer game, and also I did think that whereas Phil Taylor, you know, went on to dominate opponents psychologically as well. That, that, the kid has a lot to learn in that regard, you know, in how to, how to dominate a game, you know, not just with the brilliance of his play and his very very relaxed personality, but how to go that further a bit and get into the dark arts of of dominating and disrupting your opponent, understanding the flow of his game, you know, all those nuances that 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 can add up to the difference between winning and losing. A world final, which he could easily have won. I mean, uh, I think that if Phil Taylor had been playing Luke Humphreys, that he would have been working on Humphreys' psyche. You know that fragile psychology that had been present up until the last sort of three or four months, where he's gone on this extraordinary run. Um, and I suppose that you know, looking looking forward with Luke, you know, I suppose a bit the way we did with with David Clifford. Without, you know, and 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 the the difference being with with someone like Maradona or Clifford is that they're going into. I'm sorry, Maradona or or Luke Littler are going into a professional world where they're going to make a lot of money. I mean, Luke Littler is already a wealthy, a very wealthy young man. There'll be massive sponsorship deals. You know, I mean, they won't be able to, they won't be able to field every request. You know, they won't be able to deal with them all. He'll have so much money, he won't know what to do with it. And when you get to that stage, then, you know, there's always the prospect that that uh, you can go off the rails. You know, you've you have a really superb Gaelic footballer coming through the ranks. He's part of a very solid community, club community, you know, interlinked families, friends, where where a close eye is kept. You know, and 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 the, their boundaries are very clear. But I mean, all of a sudden now in the Premier League, this kid's going to be flying all over the world. Presumably, his mum will go with him, you know, and there are going to be all sorts of temptations. I mean, I don't know if you saw the um, Chinese chess champions woes over the over the over the Christmas period. Yeah, well, Yang Chenglong, he uh, he was crowned the Chinese chess champion, and. Uh, I'm surprised that you're you don't know now that the world of Chinese chess is in uproar. Really? Yes, after what happened, yeah. I'm I'm surprised, Ian. I thought you would have kept a yeah, beat on, no, it's on, on the world yeah, of Chinese yeah, chess. It should be. Oh. But uh, he he uh, he became the the Zhang Kui king at the national tournament. But um 
His joy, sadly, was short-lived because on the Monday morning, on the eve of Christmas, the Chinese Chess Association announced that his, his title was being revoked and his prize money confiscated <laughs> after he was charged by the police with disrupting public order and the Chinese offensive dis- displaying extremely bad character. Do you know what he did? I can hardly say this. He shot in the bath of his hotel room. <laughs> and, and even worse than that. <laughs> An accusation has been made that he was cheating during the competition. I've never heard this one before. He had cheated during the competition by using anal beads equipped with wireless transmitters to send and receive signals. Right? Yeah. Did you know anything about this? I know, this? but I've heard this before in chess. This is, this is, this is a... So, so, he's alleged to have, quote, clenched and unclenched rhythmically to communicate information about the chessboard via code to a computer, which then sent back instructions to him on what moves to make in the form of vibrations. I know that's that's. Uh, so he's been ba- yeah. he's been banned from playing for a year, and the the chess association, <laughs> the chess association, <laughs> they 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 published this statement. Mister Yan consumed alcohol with others in his room on the night of the seventeenth of December, and then defecated in the bathtub of the room he was staying in on the eighteenth. An act that damaged hotel property, violated public order and good morals had a negative impact on the competition in the event and was of extremely bad character. <laughs> Did you well, ever that's, this, um, this is ch- do anything like that during your drinking days? Did you ever... Uh, cheat in, by, in chess by wearing anal, anal beads? No, the, the other, other, the other, the other thing. Not quite, no, I don't think so. Um, but the, the anal, the, the, okay. there was a big case, there was a big cheating case in, in chess uh Along the same lines last year as well, with the, uh, um, you know, there was allegations about cheating in another game, uh, and um, the player, ne- the guy Neiman, what was his? Name? I was just looking it up here. Hans Neiman, um, he filed a he filed a one hundred million dollar lawsuit against Magnus Carlsen, Chess.com, and chess streamer Hikaru Nakamura after allegations he had cheated. And Neiman had admitted to cheating online when he was 12 and 16, but insists he has never done so over the board. He also promised, and here's a solution to all these these things, he also promised to play naked to prove his innocence after unfounded claims he may have used vibrating anal beads. He he promised to play naked? Yeah, he said he 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 would prove his innocence by playing naked. So that you you could see that he wasn't he didn't have he wasn't receiving messages through anal beads. I see that here. There's a there's a so CBS sports headline is chess sex toy cheating scandal explained. So is it a, is it a sex toy that's been adopted to to <laughs> or is or to you know, well, who knows? Or maybe the sex maybe the chess the cheating chess toy is adapted to, say, to be a sex to toy. Aficionado as I am of sex sex toys, I haven't come across Anal this beads. one. But I but I shall certainly be ordering it. In the, in the, I shall certainly be ordering it in the January sales. Um, but no, I remember because I remember uh, 
uh, talking to a, a chess grandmaster at that time at that about uh, our last year when when that happened, Alexander Baburin, and he was talking. He wrote a piece for the Currency, talking about all the different ways. Uh, like chess has kind of escalated. There was very little cheating in chess basically prior to kind of around 1990. And then, uh, and then it's kind of escalated since then. And obviously once computers came involved and computers got very fast, they became, they just became so prone to cheating. Yeah. Um, and now once, anal beads, once, once anal uh, beads, once, once this, and then, you know, whatever computers were doing, once people discovered the power of the anal bead, things got really serious. It's like a sort of an arse morse code, but the the I, I suppose you know once Kasparov was beaten by Deep Blue, the computer, which the first time Kasparov beat Deep Blue, but Deep Blue then was 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 uh, you know ramped up and and ready to rock by the time of the rematch, and I suppose once you have got a computer, that's because essentially it's a mathematical game, you know it's a game of logic, that 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 it makes perfect sense, but. Apart from the anal beads, which imagine must take quite a bit of practice, or let's say enjoyable practice, extremely enjoyable practice. What what other methods of cheating have been deployed in chess, according to your sources? Uh, well, there's there's different things. People, you know, may have may have been had had uh, had wires. You know, they may have had uh, there was. Um, there's a, a story where that, that there was a, another, like there was a kind of a, a, a team involved in sort of sending sending messages and then using codes. that And like the thing about cheating in chess, as far as I understand it, is that, you know, it's it's not that you're, you're you just you need you need insight once every six moves, once every seven moves. It's not that you're actually just going out cheating all the time. It's just that to get that little advantage you might you might get a you might get a play or you might get a read on something um uh that that you wouldn't otherwise get and again it's just uh um it's it's it, it through computers obviously then people play online which is um which is you know just going to be so rife for cheating but uh i think there's just there's lots of ways that they try and they obviously try and um uh you know crack down on them but like you know there's stories of people making too many uh somebody being accused of cheating because they were making too many trips to the toilet you know they were wondering what they were doing you know or if you you know or or if you had a pair of glasses fitted with yeah you know we we uh t we tv screens inside i mean there are all there are, the, the possibilities must be endless nowadays anyway listen um so look i, I my, my great treble is gone Look, let Littler to win the world championship. I had that after the first show when I saw him play, and I thought, "Oh my god!" Right. Uh, the sec the second part of the trip, the trip, the treble is Donegal to beat Derry in the Ulster Championship. But uh, and the third part, I shall not disclose at this moment. Oh, really? For fear that other people, will, oh. yes, for fear that other people will will pile in okay. on it. Uh, well, I look forward to when you like, yeah. It's not much fun if you don't actually reveal what your 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 uh, your travel is. Well, know. I don't know about you, but I'm off for a kebab. <laughs> I'm definitely having a kebab. I'm definitely having a kebab, <laughs> and uh, it's been uh, it's been good. Mm. You'll see how Luke Littler, how how the world uh, treats Luke Littler over the next twelve months is going to be fascinating. If um, as long as he stays away from grannies, 
doesn't fall into the trap of your hero. Exactly. And uh, I should always say, we should also say. Well, you probably learn a lot more from a granny. A granny with anal beads. Oh, God, that's so. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> just, just in the week when my mother said, is there any way you can tone down some of the content? I'm but, sorry. Well, we, we nearly got to the end. Apologies, apologies, mother. It's good. It's good that you're starting off the new year apologising to your mother anyway. Okay, well, uh, thanks everyone for li- listening. And I should also say that if you want to sign up to the uh, Free State mailing list to get news on, on podcasts and things that we're doing in 2024, you can sign up on freestatepodcast.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk soon. Which of these U.S. presidents appeared on the television series Laugh-In? Lyndon Johnson, Richard Nixon, Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford. Um, <laughs> I'd like to call my parents right now. Sure. Use my lifeline, call my parents. What are their names? Uh, um, my father. I'll talk to my father. Uh, hi, Dad. Hi. Uh, I don't really need your help, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to win the million dollars. Because the U.S. president appeared on Laughing is Richard Nixon. That's my final answer. Well... My gosh, what can I say except, Debbie, you're going to Paris, and this is the final answer heard all around the world. He's won a million dollars. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.